Are you looking for ways to attract and retain private pay clients? Thryzer is a payment platform for therapists built to help clients automatically tap into their out-of-network benefits and save on therapy up front. Check out our special link, join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist, and use the code modern therapists to activate $2,500 in free payments with Thryzer. Therapy Notes, the number one trusted EHR among mental health professionals, just keeps getting better and better. With legendary customer support 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they're giving you all the tools you need to succeed, whether you're a solo clinician or a group practice. Try them free for two months using promo code MODERN today. You're listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, where therapists live, breathe, and practice as human beings. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome back, Modern Therapists. This is the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. I'm Kurt Widhelm with Katie Vernoy. And from time to time on this podcast, we push back against some of the adages that are in the field, things that we all get told at one point or another in our career. And today we're tackling that well-meaning but possibly wrong advice. You shouldn't work harder than your clients. When did you first hear this in your career? It's one of those things that just feels like a truism because you've heard it almost from the beginning. So I don't remember when I first heard it. When did you first hear it? Probably in grad school. Probably from some well-meaning situation, a a mentor, a, a professor, maybe even from some of my fellow students of just somewhere, something along the lines of, you know, you shouldn't work harder than your clients. You're more invested in the work than they are. Stop working so hard. Which when you really break it down that way, it's kind of this passive permission of like, go be lazy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that I even need that permission. Sometimes I'm just lazy. (laughs) But it definitely suggests that we should relax into it and i'm even thinking we should push back against this you're a professional you should be working hard and there's a lot of literature a lot of musings across a number of different blogs that have been out over the last couple of decades around this very idea of stop working harder than your clients that point to a particular developmental stage in most early career clinicians, but can often happen to us throughout our careers around this idea of being more invested in a client's outcomes than the client themselves are. Sure. And that creating these feelings of inefficiency and that we're not turning into good therapists because we're more invested in having a 100% completion rate out of all of our clients magically getting Mm -hmm. better and we're that agent of change and they're just not doing it. And that creates frustration and that creates a a barrier to treatment and that can happen whether it's in the middle of a session or it can happen over the course of treatment where it feels like you're the one doing all of the work. Sure. And I would argue that in some ways that's bad therapy if you're very invested in a specific outcome or in your client changing, like that's not necessarily honoring what the client's there to do. It's not necessarily even honoring the client's reality. I mean, 
there could be bias inherent in the the goals that you have for the client or the outcomes you're seeking for the client. And so to me, I agree in that regard that working harder than your clients, meaning being so invested in an outcome that they aren't invested in, it's not necessarily about working harder. It's 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 about don't do stupid things. <laughs> well, and where this comes up is that crossroads of client determination versus the preconceived outcomes. You know, sure. I've got, got my little treatment planner out here. It says I should do these interventions and then just magically the client gets better and they're sure. not doing that. And yeah. so that builds up where some of that frustration is, which as you rightfully point out is bad therapy. But this also comes back to the point of you should still be working hard. But I think it should be working hard and with an understanding of how being in relationship with the client is important because I think people also work harder than the client when they have like a single thing that comes up in a session and then they spend hours planning what they're going to do the next session and it's irrelevant. So like I also think that some of these things is don't work harder than your clients is really saying be present with your client on purpose. But that can actually be really hard, especially when we're experiencing Zoom fatigue or if we're having people in the background. Like we have to work hard sometimes to be present. So simplifying everything to not being or not working harder than your clients to me is just so oversimplified that it doesn't, it's not useful. And this comes back to something that Daryl Chow said in an interview here on the podcast a couple of weeks ago about the people who even potentially just reach a point in their career where they're just like, all right, I want to coast from here on out. <laughs> Complacency. Yes. The, we do really want to continue to challenge people to be deliberate in the work that they do. So that way they're able to continue to serve clients in a new and changing world, to be prepared for a variety of outcomes that can happen, that the deliberate work that we do is not necessarily having the right answers, but it's being prepared for the situations that we don't. And we can have a general idea of a treatment population that we work with very, very well and oftentimes consistently would be an area of specialty or niche within a lot of our practices that we frankly don't have to put a ton of new effort into learning new interventions for each new client who comes in. We might have to spend the time to work with how that fits in with a client and how those interventions may need to be tweaked for a particular situation, whether it's family members, whether it's certain barriers that are in their life that prevent them from just having a straightforward, you know, cookie cutter treatment plan that does involve some of that planning and work. But it's also, as you're talking about, how to work within that particular relationship. And so much of this comes around to the how of therapy, not necessarily the what, because we can do the same kinds of interventions for client after client, but the language that we use in order to get the clients to buy into it might be extremely different depending on sure. what their capabilities are, what their interests are, and what makes things tangible for them in order to be able to look at their motivation towards whatever their self-determined or team-developed goal is 
in order for them to address their presenting problems. Yes. Working harder than our clients in that context can look like our own assessing bias, assessing what our client is actually bringing into the room, how we may or may not be interpreting them properly. It could be some study on cultural competency or humility. It could be learning about a specific thing that's outside of our area of specialty. I've, I've recently been having to do a lot more consulting on some things that clients are bringing in because they're new based on you know, COVID, shelter in place, those kinds of things. And so I think really meeting your client where they are and, and identifying how you're going to best reach them, I think that that work outside of session and within session yeah, we have to work a lot harder than our clients. And I think that can feel overwhelming. And so when people are told you should work harder, you shouldn't work harder than your clients, I think that can feel like you're doing something wrong. Right. And I think that that really comes in with the expectation of what our workload is, is not just clients and case notes. It's not just continuing education. It's not just Mm -hmm. supervision and consultation, but it's learning and it's gathering life experiences and being open to a broader worldview of clients who do come in. And it's not necessarily the amount of work and it's not necessarily the difficulty of the work that you're doing that comes down to working harder than your clients or not. And I come back to the point of you are the professional that people are coming to in a time of your life, time of their life when they are expecting some sort of change yeah, or, or being forced into it in involuntary, <laughs> you know, therapy sort of situations. Sure. sure. But there is then that expectation that you have of being able to do something. And especially early on in our careers, we have that developmental imposter syndrome that we need to stand mm-hmm. up like, oh, this person's expecting me to do something. So let yeah. me do this therapeutic dance that helps them to be able to get what they need. And they're now they're not responding to it. And that makes yeah. therapists feel bad. The work that you shouldn't be doing harder than your clients is dragging them through the sessions in order to fit it to how you know how to work. What yes. you should be doing is adjusting yourself and adjusting the therapy process so it does work for them. Thrizer is a payment platform designed for out-of-network therapy. As a therapist, you would use Thrizer to charge clients for sessions and collect your full rate up front. From the client's perspective, Thrizer links to their health plan, so insurance claims are automatically submitted for them upon every charge. From there, Thrizer manages the claims end-to-end so that your clients don't have to worry about manually submitting super bills or getting on calls with insurance. The best part? Thrizer allows clients to only pay their co-insurance portion for sessions, while Thrizer covers the rest of your fee and waits for reimbursement on their behalf. They also offer you an instant benefits calculator for free, allowing you to provide upfront transparency to prospective clients on their out-of-network coverage. Therapists only pay a standard 3% credit card processing fee per session with no additional fees. Visit join.thrizer.com forward slash modern therapist to get started and use our promo code modern therapists to receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. 
And I think, you know, and, and we're both in love with Dr. Daryl Chow and Dr. Harry Aponte, because it's, it's both of those things. It's making sure that what you do works and also making sure that you're working on yourself so that the person you bring into therapy, meaning yourself, is meeting that client. And so I think those things are, are both, both just part of the work. But there's also other times that I think are really important to consider working harder than the client, because like you said, there's that expectation when they come into treatment that something's going to happen, whether it's the person in front of you or the decision maker that has decided they should be in front of you. It's really important that you do something and that you work harder than the person in front of you to create a good customer service experience, to make sure that what you're doing is supporting the process. I think to me, I, I say like, hey, once you get your business systems in place, it should be easy, but you should do the work to get everything set up. Like, I think this is a business. We do need to do work. And I think that that's something where some of these blanket statements, I think, don't really take into account what the work is, whether it's, you know, don't work harder than the clients or I'm not, a, you know, like I'm not in it for the money or any of these things. Like there's there's so many pieces that people then feel at best apathetic about doing this work. Shock horror. <laughs> Therapy advice boiled down into one sentence isn't something that can be applied across all aspects. Sure, sure. Because <laughs> there's so many, I feel like I'm, I'm constantly breaking those things down with people who come to me for business advice because they're like, well, I shouldn't take insurance. I'm like, why? Well, insurance is bad. I'm like, Really? Like, let's actually go through it. I shouldn't work harder than my clients. Really? Like, I think there's, you know, being able to kind of dismantle some of these singular statements are really important because I think it can be very harmful to your clients, as we talked about, like if you're dragging them along these sessions towards goals they don't want, but also to your business, if you're not actually doing stuff and working really hard to create a practice that supports you financially as well as your clients. But that's kind of a side note, because I know we were going to talk clinically. <laughs> well, and I was just going to say is that in addition to this is the clients in the situations who actually do need you to work harder than what they've got going yes, on. Yes, the clinical situations, like the crisis. <laughs> yes. I mean, obviously, if you've got a suicidal client that's like, I, I'm really going to do this. You know, I don't want to change. You can't just be like, well, I'm not going to work any harder than you my hands yeah. are tied like later later I, I don't work on the weekend so um you're out. i'm out <laughs> so <laughs> gotta yeah. clock out now <laughs> definitely when there's that immediate threat to a client's life or to the lives of somebody else also sometimes when there's you know a vulnerable person a child an older adult a person mm -hmm. with a disability who's in a very unhealthy situation and they don't have the ability to change out of the systemic barriers that are around them in order to truly be able to address the aspects of their life that can create a better mental health situation for them and not just try to teach them how to be comfortable within a crappy system mm-hmm you know, some people might consider that into some of the crisis situations, you know, calling child services, calling adult yeah. protective services, this kind of stuff. But those situations definitely work harder than your clients. Well, and work harder than a checkbox. I think we've talked about this in other places, but I think in those situations, just 
defaulting to systems and checking a box could cover your behind, but it actually is not necessarily what's most beneficial to your client. We talked about kind of the cultural implications in another episode, but when we're looking at someone who's sitting in front of you and determining whether they should be hospitalized or whether, you know, some sort of protective service should be called. Like, I think there should be an assessment. If I work harder in this moment, can we get to a safety plan? If I work harder in this moment, can I create a a support system around them in order for them to remain out of the hospital? Like, I think that there's actually times when, when, when we actually make the choice to work a lot harder and not go towards the checkbox or, or or the the liability piece that we do so much more for our clients and the long term outcomes are much better if we are actually able to do that and so i think that's the part where if and i hate oftentimes being in these crisis situations because it gets into these gray areas and it gets into this deep you know kind of very specific work of trying to to collaborate with a client who is in a really dark place on how they can take care of themselves and how they can make sure that they can stay safe. And that work is hard and there's there's still risk. Like if you don't put someone in the hospital, there could still be risk. So I get that this is really hard work, but I think it's better work. And I think we should be working harder than our clients in those situations. And this comes back to managing it. This comes... Mm-hmm to knowing where it's coming from, whether this is things that you seek out in therapy, whether it's things that you discuss in your consultation or supervision with other therapists of where you feel that your effort going into something really is being reflected in the client's progress. It really is more about you than it is about them. Mm -hmm. And part of this is being open to the discussion around that. And part of this is some questions that were posed in Perry and Doan's 1994 book, Story Revisions, Narrative Therapy in a Postmodern World. And some of the questions that they encourage people to look at, encourage therapists to look at at the time is, how has it come to be that I am more interested in the clients changing than the client has? How's it transpired that I care more about this client's life than they do? If I worked less, would the client be invited to work more? And in true narrative fashion, what dominant story in my past is suggesting that it is my job to work harder than the client? And where did that rule come from? Mm. And I love these questions. Yeah. Because this really is a self-reflective, transformational look at how we view what our role is in the therapeutic relationship. And with good support and good consultation, good supervision, it helps us to embrace the how we are as the agent of change, not necessarily just that we are some sort of catalyst for change that you know just kind of sits there and doesn't have our own feelings or our own history that gets mixed up into it. So... What I'm hearing is really if we if we look at our own motivations at what is within us that might be having us work harder than we need to do, we we can identify when it's unhelpful to work harder than the client, when our motivations are based on our own stuff versus what the client is presenting. 
And I think that's important. It speaks to the individual. And I think there are times when there are dynamics between clients where they really pull that. So it can also be transference. Like there's a lot of times when I find I'm working harder than clients that have something for me, but also that's the relationship they have with everyone else in their life. Like <laughs> there's, there is that dynamic. And I think that's important to, to recognize. And so I oftentimes will, will seek consultation. I'll certainly talk to my therapist about it. Like there's times when I'm like, okay, this is my stuff. Or this is a dynamic that this client has that also taps into my stuff. So it's, it's co-created, not just me created, right? And I can get that information. And I think that each client's going to be different. But it seems like there's, there's some way to bring that back into the therapy room to really address it. And I know you were, you were saying that you had some resources there. You know, part of this is going to depend on the particular situation, but this comes back to collaborative assessment and collaborative management, collaborative treatment planning. I love it. Working with clients and it's making the covert overt. It's, you know, mm -hmm. doing recovery oriented systems of care, whether you're working in an individual private practice or out in an agency someplace is it's really looking at the particulars of what a client feels is going to benefit them in their current situation that brings along your education and your experience and dare say it's your expertise to help them achieve those goals. And I think that this is when we start to interject goals that don't necessarily fit within what a client's asking for, that we put ourselves at risk for these situations. And this is one where we're seeing all sorts of debates around this in all of the therapist discussions right now. But when I am kind of seeing these therapists talk about doing anti-racist work in sessions mm -hmm. with clients who are racist. Yeah. And inserting treatment goals there that the clients are not finding collaborative. This is setting up situations where there's that frustration that can build in that command. Now, I am not saying don't do anti-racist work. What I'm saying is that it needs to, to clarify. Be, it needs to be collaborative in order to sure. be beneficial and to help prevent you from getting so much more invested in transforming a client with something that they're never even asking for. So that's an interesting point because I think for me, and I know that you have clients who, or, or at least one client who is struggling with racism. I don't know the right way to, to phrase that, but, but my clients aren't experiencing that. I do have clients who are less awake to the issue and aren't overtly racist, but aren't anti-racist. And so, so I've been grappling with this a little bit as well, but I think when we're looking at not working harder than our clients and not giving them goals that they are not signed on to, but also not wanting to co-sign on racism for example, I think it's, it's something where people can, I think, go black or white. It's, you know, it's, there's no gradations. There's no, no middle ground. There's, well, you, you should call them out every single time. And I think there are folks who that's how they operate and that that's racist and, and you shouldn't have said that or, or whatever, like, or that, you know, or even just commenting like, wow, that sounds racist. What do you think about that? You know? So I think that there's people who are directly addressing it. There are people who are exploring it. I know we've talked about this, I think on a previous episode where you, you know, it's kind of like, where's the fear? Where are they, how do they understand that, that kind of stuff? 
Not only does Therapy Notes combine billing, scheduling, notes, secure messaging, group telehealth, and more into one streamlined platform, they're also always adding new features and forms to their library. So no matter your specialty, Therapy Notes has you covered. Learn more at therapynotes.com and use promo code MODERN for two months free. But when we're setting treatment goals, I mean, this is this is something where this is a tough one. Like, how do we how do we make this a goal with a client if our goal is to help decrease racism or actually disrupt racism? And we have a client who is racist and maybe doesn't want to change it. What do we do in that situation? What is your thoughts on that? My thought is, first of all, whose goal is that? Mm hmm. That's the therapist's goal, of course, right? Right. And so this is now looking at whose work are you doing? Mm -hmm. And again, this is coming from the perspective and all of the work that Katie and I have done for, you know, over a hundred plus episodes now here and all of the advocacy work and stuff that we do is there is still the collaboration around the goals. Now, this does not have to be collaborative goals don't have to be overt every single time they don't have to be mm-hmm. you know plastered onto a piece of paper or etched into stone that oftentimes we do develop covert goals with clients too and this is you know the benefits of supervision consultation and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. is being able to see where covert goals develop but really being truthful with yourself and understanding how much of a covert goal are you entering into a client relationship that they're not going to benefit from or that they're not going to be open to that might need a much more gentle, intentional, covert touch than it is something that you need to overtly call out, hey, that's racist. And I think it's obviously very client to client, but when you were talking, I was thinking about motivational interviewing, I think is, is really what I'm looking at. And and to me, most of the times, the things that I see that are getting people's way are often not the things that they think are getting in the way, but what they want to fix is just at the other side of that. And so then it, then it becomes about interrogating that and how you get there. And so if someone is finding that they're having difficulty in relationships, they're constantly being called out, they're getting in trouble at work, whatever it is. Like if there's something that comes there and and you start interrogating that and exploring what's happening there, those kinds of things, there can be a covert goal of getting rid of this stuff that's pretty awful, <laughs> like racism. But overtly, the goal is getting them into better relationships, for example. And this is where the work outside of the sessions comes back to end. This is where you should be working harder is to know how to do it and how to time it and the situations to bring it up. And this is where it's being able to lay out a path that allows for that to happen without it necessarily inserting your goal in up front and being like, well, you're, you're, you're only having all these problems because you're racist. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that would work. <laughs> so this is where, again, it doesn't have to be stand up and shove your goals down the throat of everybody who walks in, into your office. It's being able to do the work so that way 
when the work opportunity is most effective that it's ready to be there. Sure. And that's where expertise and that's where timing and that's where knowing the flow of your particular relationship with a particular client is best going to be suited for that. And being willing to step into some uncomfortable areas when it's in service to the client, not when it's in service to your own discomfort. Your own agenda and your own... Your own agenda. That's a better word. Yeah. And not making it to where your agenda is. And I think that this is the balance of a lot of the therapist conversations that I've been witnessing online and even debated in, you know, more real time is this is not necessarily a all or nothing issue that there Mm. has to be a ton of gradation in here towards, you know, probably the the bigger goal of societal change and dealing with white supremacy and anti-racist work and all of this kind of stuff. But whenever we get into putting things into all or nothing issues, people are going to take all or nothing sides. And that transformational experience that we all understand within ourselves of growing to where those of us who are a little bit later in our career who don't feel that we are working harder than every single one of our clients have internally got to ourselves, but we have to respect that process for other people to get along the way there too. And that doesn't happen in quick little sound bites, quick little jabs, quick little non-collaborative goals. And we got a lot of these responses uh, when we posted our episode with Dr. Travis Heath, Therapy as a Political Act. People were not we're responding to the title and not necessarily listening to the the episode. You know, again, Gaspor. Um. <laughs> well, and you know, to be fair, good internet outrage is a great way to get people to listen to. Sure, <laughs> sure. So, so we're doing excellent work. We're doing a really good job. But I think in that conversation, I was very struck with that's exactly how Travis works: is to really interrogate what all of this is about. Where did you get that idea? How is that formulated? And kind of the dismantling of what is true, which I guess we're kind of doing with work harder than your, don't work harder than your clients. But it's this idea of being able to really understand from the client's perspective, because then you can create a goal based on their perspective. And I think that the hard part of this is the harder work that we have to do is the work on ourselves. Yeah. And that way we don't end up in situations where we're responding out of uncomfortability, but we're practiced in responding from an uncomfortable place that yeah. still works to help get to our clients. And the really hard part for a lot of therapists is understanding that that is a very blurry place that we're trying to prepare people to respond to just about every situation with professionality in calm doing work that benefits clients and benefits society. And in other words, it's a whole lot of preparation for just about anything. And I have to say one of the cliches that really fit here is responding with curiosity. I'm curious. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think that's where you really can do the work of, of getting enough information, getting some time to sit with it so that you can actually respond to pretty much anything with authenticity, with professionality, with all of these things, but 
but you can't come with the 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 game plan and the goal and you know 27 steps and you know whatever it is you can't come with that and respond to anything like you actually have to be able to sit and take things in and have a whole arsenal of stuff so in that situation working less hard than your clients in that moment relies on working really hard outside of the room Speaking of curiosity, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this. And you can always add to the conversation in our Facebook group, the Modern Therapist Group. Each week we post up the episode and give people the opportunity to respond. We'd love to hear your thoughts. You can check out our podcast website, mtsgpodcast.com. You can find the show notes. We'll link a couple of things from today's episode in there. And you can hop on over to our brand spanking new Therapy Reimagined Conference website, aptly named therapyreimaginedconference.com, and find out all about the conference that we've got coming up here in September. It's all virtual. We're being keynoted by Dr. Daryl Chow, who we mentioned in this episode, Dr. Harry Aponte, and you can see all of our other friends who are joining us there, so please check that out. And that's being... Sponsored by Simple Practice and Simple Practice Learning. Get all of the CE information on the website as well. And until next time, I'm Kurt Whithelm with Katie Vernoy. Thank you for listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. Remember to check out Thryzer. They are passionate about making out-of-network therapy work for everyone. Clients save upfront on therapy while therapists earn their full rate. Get started in minutes on join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist and use the promo code modern therapists and receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. Thanks so much to our partner, Therapy Notes, the highest rated practice management solution for behavioral health. Don't forget, using promo code MODERN gets you two free months.